Isaiah chapter 43. That just didn't sound right. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning at verse 1. Amen. Are you there? But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass, I want to read that again. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sebia in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you. Amen. I want to talk from this thought today, building trust in God, a major factory, a major factor in your victory. Amen. Building trust in God, a major factor for victory in life. It's actually anointing. I pray that your word will come forth clearly uh, and, and precisely, Lord, and I pray that as we receive it, your word will accomplish in our lives what you have declared that it would. Uh, you said that your word would not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire and that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Uh, have your way now. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. 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 Building, building trust in God, a major factory, factor. I don't know why I want to say factory. That's because you're building something. A major factor in your, in, for victory in life. Amen? Amen. In this 43rd chapter of, of, of Isaiah, um, there are a succession of arguments uh, where Israel, wherein Israel can be assured that notwithstanding their own di- the perversity toward God, that God will deliver and God would restore them. Amen. Uh, and as I was praying about the message for today, this is where the Lord took me. Amen. Uh, and with the whole thought of building trust in God, a lot of times in the church we talk about trusting God, but we don't talk about the process of building trust in God. I guess we assume that, that it happens automatically, uh, but it doesn't happen automatically. Uh, there are people who've been in the church for many years, but yet they don't trust God. And that's not to look down on anyone, but, but there are things that should happen and things that do happen in life that should build trust, amen, in the Lord. And, and part of that is the teaching that has to take place, amen, as we've received instruction already concerning mental health, amen, that will build us, amen, and build our mental capacity and mental health and mental uh, uh, acuity, uh, there are things that have to be done in order for that to take place. Amen? Just hearing, just hearing it won't make it happen. Amen? Amen? The doctor can tell you that you need to change your diet, you know, to bring your blood pressure down. Hearing it does not make it happen. There are things that has to be done. Amen? So we can talk about trust 
God, but there are some things that need to take place in order for us to learn to trust God. Amen? And I believe that in this passage of Scripture, the Lord speaks to us about that, even though it may not seem to be. But as we go through the message, you're going to see some things. Elder Hoskins whispered in my ear a few moments ago. He said that, um, you know, in that passage with the, with the, at the, of the man at the gate of the temple, beautiful, uh, not only did the Lord, uh, did, did Peter tell the man that they didn't have silver and gold, he told him, why he was in the situation he was in. A lot of times we don't understand why we're in the situations that we're in. And so today, prayerfully, the Lord will speak to all of that because all of that is a part of building trust in the Lord. Amen. So don't automatically reject anything. Just be open. And if you don't uh, agree, then the Holy Spirit will have revealed what even this unto you. Amen. I learned that a long time ago uh, as I walk with the Lord. There's some things that I hear sometimes, and some of them really wrong, but sometimes it's just that I don't understand. Amen. And so the Lord has to take, I have to give the Lord time to reveal things to me. Okay. So in this passage, from this passage, I've been inspired to talk to you about building trust in God. Amen. Because that is, that is a major factor. Factor. Mm, factor. <laughs> Amen. There's a major factor in for victory in your life. And all of us want to be victorious in life. And maybe I'll change the word victory to the word success. We want to be successful, uh, but many times we use the word success, we think about the physical aspect, the material aspect of success. But God wants us to be successful spiritually. Amen? And, and he wants all of this. You know, that's why the Lord says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen? We can't go after the things first. We have to go after God first. Amen? Amen. So, so, so part of going after God is, is wanting to be successful as a believer. Amen? Wanting to be successful, wanting God to be pleased with our lives and pleased with the worship that we, that we offer to him, pleased with how we manage life and how we manage in life. Amen? Uh, managing life and managing in life ties to our spirituality, but managing in life also just deals with how we live and how we handle situations and circumstances, amen? It even speaks to our mental health, praise the Lord, because a lot of times we are concerned about physical health and not concerned about mental health, and mentally we need to be healthy, amen? And I believe that this message today will speak to our mental health. I was reflecting on the message from last Sunday that Minister Smalls uh, uh, ministered here uh, while I was away. And I was just reflecting on that message and, and, and wanted to kind of, I was praying, Lord, I want to flow uh, in that same vein today. And so when you talk about building trust in God, part of this is getting me healthy enough so that I can really trust God getting me spiritually healthy and mentally healthy, healthy enough so that I can trust God. This is, and this won't be a religious thing. It won't be something where I put my face on so I come to church on Sunday and look good before people, but daily in my life, in the midst of, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulation, I learn to trust God. Because as you know, tribulation will come. Tell the person sitting next to you, tribulation will come in your life. You will have problems. You will struggle. You will hurt. 
People will hurt you. People will walk over your feelings. But you still can be victorious. You can be healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, in spite of everything that goes on in life. Amen. 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 You don't, you don't have to have a setback. Amen. 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 Or if you do have a setback, you can step out of it. You can press your way through it. Amen. It all depends on our trust level in God. And there are some things that we need to know about trusting God. Amen. So, so I want to go into this. Amen. Um, I want, let's look back at the text and and. I need you to follow me in your Bible. I'll turn to a couple of scriptures as we go through this, but I want you to follow me in, in the Word and take some time and make some notes, but, but follow me in the Word. So let's go back uh, to the text. Um, and looking at this, praise the name of Jesus, uh, at verse number one, okay, pay attention to the words. And, and wordings in the Scripture, words in Scripture mean something. Okay, the, the tone that is said means something, okay? Uh, now, the first word we see in this Bible that I'm reading from, the New King James translation, says, but now, all right? But now means that something has gone before this. But I'm not going to talk about that right now, but I want you to pay attention to that, okay? This, or thus says the Lord, okay, the one who created you, O Jacob, and the one who formed you, O Israel. In other words, this is what the Lord says. All right? That's what this text is saying. This is what the Lord says. This is what the one who created you is saying. This is what the one who formed you is saying. All right? So let's, let's fast forward. He's speaking to the nation of Israel, but we're reading that today. We're sitting here in Tabernacle of Praise, and we're reading this today, and we have to hear this as this is what the Lord is saying to us today, all right? So we understand it in context, but we want to know also what the Lord is saying, and we want to hear this from what the Lord is saying to us today. How many of you really know and really believe that God, that God is active in your life and in your situation? Yeah, yeah. Amen. He's very active. And he's speaking now. He speaks every day. You know, God is not sitting high and looking low. The Lord is with us. He is with us. Amen. You may not feel him, but the Lord is with us. You should sense his presence many times in your life as you walk with him. But even if you don't sense his presence, continue to walk with him. Amen. How do I walk with the Lord? I remember his word. Do I get it right every time? No, but I continue to walk with the Lord. Amen. I always remember, you know, I told you about when I first started riding the bicycle, I fell off the bicycle into the bra patch, but that did not stop me from learning to ride a bicycle. Amen. Amen. I got back up, got on the bicycle, coming down the hill from my grandmama's house one day, the front wheel came off, flipped me, scratched me up, but I tell you today, I can ride a bicycle. Amen. Amen. So in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of everything that I go through in life, I need to hear when I read the Scripture, the Lord speaking to me. So out of the Scripture today, this is what the Lord says, okay? 
The Lord is speaking. He, he's speaking to Israel. And, and in, the, in the midst of the conversation, Isaiah says to the people, this is what the Lord says. The one who created you and the one who forms you. This is what he says. Well, what does the Lord say? He says, do not fear. Amen? Amen? He says, O Israel, fear not. First of all, before he says, I have redeemed you, the Lord says, do not fear. Do not fear. How many of you have ever been afraid? How many of you face things? You got a doctor's appointment. You took a report, and you, gone, you get, had a test done, and now you're going back to get the results of the test. And in your mind, fear is popping up. Yeah, it's gripping you. Fear. So don't act like you've never been afraid. Because we've been afraid. Amen. Yeah, yesterday we were going somewhere and following the GPS. And, and, and I missed a turn, so I had to reroute it. Got on this road. I didn't see any cars coming on the road. And all of a sudden, the pavement ended. And I'm like, okay. But the GPS said, you know, go on. You know, the arrow was pointing, you know. And, and in my mind, I'm saying, I should turn around. That was fear telling me to turn around. You might say that's caution. But, you know, it, it, caution, caution and fear kind of go hand in hand. You know, you get, that, you get that feeling inside of you that something's not right about this. Should I go forward or should I didn't? You know what I'm thinking about? You know, I don't drive my Lexus on a dirt road, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Good thing I had not been to the car wash because I would have turned around. But, but I, I kept going and I kept going and, and it went a long way, you know, and the name of the road was Two Bridge Road. And as a matter of fact, there were two bridges on the road back to back. So I said, okay, well, they got that right, you know, so I kept going. Eventually got back to the pavement. But, but we've all had fear, but the Lord says here, do not fear. Tell the person sitting next to you, do not fear. And God is saying this to Israel. He says, do not fear. Why? Because I have redeemed you. Okay? Redeemed. I have rescued you. Amen? I have brought you back. I, I bought you back. Redeeming deals with purchasing. Or, you know, uh, uh, something has been, something has been um, lost or something has been taken captive and, and you pay a ransom to get that back. I bought you back. Amen? Amen. Amen. I have restored you. Uh, and not only have I redeemed you, listen carefully, this means something. This makes, it's going to make sense in a, in a minute. Remember, the beginning of the verse says, but now. All right. All right. All right. So I have to come back to that. All right. So he says, I've redeemed you. I've restored you. Amen. I have ransomed you. Amen. But not only that, I, I, I have also called you by your name. Is that what it says? I've called you by your name. Here he doesn't say, I've called you by my name. He says, I've called you by your name. Now, when I read that, this is what the Lord revealed to me. God is saying to Israel, I know you personally. And he's saying that to us. I know you personally. 
Amen. There are many times I, I remember the scripture that says there is nothing hidden from the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There is nothing about my life that's hidden from God. God says, I know you. I know you by your name. Amen. Amen. I know your address. Amen. I know where you live. I know the number of hair that's on your head. I know you so I can call you by your name. So he says, Lisa. He says, Brenda. Uh, he says, Sandra. He says, Cornetta. He doesn't put titles to it now. He says, Alfred. Amen. I know you. I, if I know you, I know what you're going through. I know what you've been through. I know what you're dealing with. I know the struggles. I know the stress. I know the strain. You put on a good face in front of people, but inwardly, inside of you, you are hurting. You're struggling. You don't know how to face too much. I, the sovereign God, this is, this is who's speaking now. This is who's speaking. Elohim, the most high God. El Shaddai, the almighty God. Jehovah, the God who's a covenant God. He says, I know you. I know you. I know you. I know you. Sometimes you feel like God is so far away from you. Sometimes it feels like you pray and God doesn't hear your prayers. It feels like that. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Now, for those of us who may be, you know, a little bit strong in the Lord uh, and who've been in the church, we know the right answer to this. It feels like, you know, that we are praying and God has shut up heaven. Nothing is happening. Nothing is changing. It feels like. But we know that we don't live by, we live by faith. That's the right answer. But many times when you're going through, we're right today. I may not feel it. I may not, I may not be able to put my hands around it. Amen. Uh, but it's still right. Still right. We're talking about building trust in God. We're talking about building trust in God. And it has to be built. So, so, so there's some things that you've got to know in order to build trust in God. Amen. Amen. I've been trying to learn to play the piano. My teacher's been slack. So every time I get to a piano, I do what my, who are y'all looking at? I, I did not call any name. So every time I get to a piano, I do what my teacher taught me to do. Because I'm building this thing. Because I'm going to impress my teacher when he gets stopped being slack. It's building. It's building. So, so you start with a foundation. You keep on working and keep on working until you get it all right. But you got to build this. I don't know how I got there. Amen. The Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord says, El Shaddai, amen, this is, this is critical because it's not what Alfred says. This is what the Lord said. 
It's not what mama said. This is now what the Lord is. He's speaking to you personally. And somehow or another, we've got to get to the place that we hear God speaking to us personally. This is a private conversation between me and God. God says, I know you. I know your name. I know your name. And I have redeemed you. Uh, uh, he says, not only that, he said, but and you are mine. You belong to me. Amen. Like a father and a child. When I read that, you know, it, regardless of what Yeshua does, I still know him. He's my son. Amen. He is my son. Amen. Amen. He, I am his father. He is my child. Amen. I know him. I know, I know when he's not feeling good. I know when I, I hear his voice. I know when something is not right. Amen. Sometimes I get a sense, amen, that I just need to pray for my child because I know him. He's mine. He belongs to me. I don't care what he does. He's still mine. Now, I don't care what he does does not mean that I agree with him in his mess. Amen. Now, he'll tell you. Some things he don't want to tell daddy. He'll tell mama, but he, some things he, won't, he don't want to talk to me about. Amen. So, our children are still ours. They can act crazy. They're still ours. Amen. Amen. I, I can't see me disowning my child. I don't care what he did. He's still mine. Yeah, God says, you're mine. You belong to me. Like a father and a child, God says, you have my DNA. You carry my image. You carry my name. If I'm, if I'm going to build trust in God, this is significant. I need to know that I'm important to God. I don't need to, yeah, I need to focus on that, that God is important to me, but in my humanness, I need to know that I am important to God. And in this text, God says to Israel and God says to us, you're important to me. You're important to me. You know God is concerned about everything we do. We're important to him. You know, he wants the best out of our lives because he loves us. We're important to him. Amen. And, and, and before, before God goes further and what he's saying here, what he's doing is he's setting up the reasons of building the case for Israel uh, so that they can realize why they should have confidence in him. Okay? That's what God is doing. This is what I hear God doing in this text. Setting up the case for the people to have trust in him. He's building the case now as he says these things to them. Amen? And, and, and it's, it's this way for us today. In order for us to trust God, we should know why we can trust him. Knowing why we can trust him must come from what we see in other people, amen, of faith, but more importantly, it must come from what God has said about himself. All right? All right? And not only... And the only way for me to know what God has said about himself is that I have to read, I have to study, I have to listen to the scriptures. This is critical. This is critical. Are y'all listening? All right. Are you sure? You're listening. 
But are you reading? I mean, 100% of us, I know some of us read, you know, but are you reading consistently? You see, trouble is going to come. In the world, you what? Will have what? Yes, it's going to come. Tell the person sitting next to you, it's going to come. You need to be able to trust God when it comes. So not only do you need to listen, because let me tell you, everything that's gone on today, and we've been in worship now for about two hours, <laughs> so you're going to miss some things. You're going to forget some things. Even in this message, you're going to forget some things. So if you don't write down and go back and study it again, you're going to forget it. Remember what that deacon told me? He said, a short pencil is better than a long memory any day. Y'all will get that tomorrow, some of y'all. Amen. So it's not enough to listen. It's not enough. You got to study. You need to know what God has said because when trouble comes, you need to, the Holy Spirit needs to be able to bring back to your remembrance what God has said. So it's good that I hear the testimonies. It's good that I hear the songs that he has done great things for me. He has done great things for me. You know, it's good to hear those songs. But I need to know what God has said. And the only way I'm going to know what he said is that I get into his word. One of the reasons, one of the major reasons for lack of faith among people, a lack of trust in God among people, is that people are too busy or either too unconcerned to study the Bible. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Why are we so busy? Why are we not concerned? With what God has given, Jesus' disciples says, when everybody else is walking away from him, Jesus said, will you two leave me? And he said, Peter said, Master, where shall we go? You have the words of life. Where shall we go? So, so if these are the words of life, then why are we too busy to study? Why don't we have time 20, out of 24 hours a day to get into the Word and study so that we know what God has said? And let me tell you something. You're not going to memorize. You got to be because you read it one time. You got to go back over and over. And you got to be deliberate about memorizing Scripture. And then when you get in trouble, the Lord will bring it back to your remembrance. Amen? Y'all still with me? All right. All right. I, I'm going to get there. I'm still on page one, though. All right. Hold on. Amen? All right. Y'all okay? Okay. All right. All right. All right. You, you, you know, people listen to the testimonies, all right, of the saints, but they have no point of reference in the Scriptures. You need a point of reference in the Scripture to undergird what you hear people say. You need it for yourself. This is for your own well-being. This is for your own sanity. When you hear us dancing and praising God, amen, and talking about how good God is, that, that, that needs to be a point of reference for you individually from the Scriptures because the Scriptures are not just words on the page. Paul said, your word is spirit and it is life. 
Hebrews said, your word is quick and powerful. It is active. It is alive. We're talking about building faith now. Listen now, don't get bored. Pay attention. This is critical. Amen? If you're bored, stand up and turn around two times. You get excited. Amen? So, if you listen to the testimonials, all right, and people are praising or listen to everything people are saying, you may remember the testimony, but if there's no point of reference in Scripture, you don't have anything to base what they said on that will help you in your life. You gotta study the word. Listen to turn to Lamentations. It's after Jeremiah. Chapter 3. Y'all there? Jeremiah chapter, listen, listen. Chapter 3, verse 1. Lamentations, chapter 3. We're gonna, we're gonna read the verse, read verse 1, a couple of verses. All right. This is Jeremiah. This is Lamentation, and Jeremiah went through some things. Emotionally, Jeremiah went through some things. His own people wanted to kill him. And the only thing he was doing was telling them what God said. That's all Jeremiah was doing. Jeremiah was thrown in the prison, thrown in the pit. I mean, they just, they treated him bad because he said to them what God had said, but they didn't believe. So look, listen to verse 1. Jeremiah says, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. And his is capitalized. So Jeremiah is really blaming God for what he's going through. Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah the anointed man of God, who is probably too anointed to be disappointed. <laughs> At one point, that's why, that's why you, you catch these slogans in church, and you, you can't live off a, of a slogan. You got to live off of the word of God. Thank you, Sister Narkia. A slogan won't last. You quoting something and confessing something that has no foundation. Disappointment will come. Trouble will come. Sickness will come. You need the word of God. So Jeremiah said, I'm a man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again throughout the day. He has aged my flesh, made me old. My skin had begun to wrinkle. Jeremiah was a young man when he was prophesying. That means this man was afflicted. He was going through some mental anguish and some spiritual disappointment because, of, because he saw it as the hand of God. But let me skip down to verse 18. And I said, now all of these verses, if you go back and read all of these other verses, Jeremiah is saying, he said, he said, okay. But now he's saying, and I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. You ever felt like that? I know somebody feel like that? I don't have any more hope in God. The prophet, the prophet, if the prophet could go through, what about us? You know, I wrote something on Facebook the other day, Bishop Weir uh, asked all of my sons, I have a group that's called the Apostle Sons, and he said, we need to pray for our chief apostle. And a couple of people responded, and I wrote back, and I said, well, maybe I shouldn't say this on, on Facebook, but I, I, it was in Messenger, it wasn't, it wasn't for everybody to see. I said, you know, sometimes people do not realize that, I said, people pull on us all of the time. Oh, all 
always pulling on us. You know, like they're the only one. And they don't realize that everybody else is pulling on us too. You know, and how wonderful it would be to hear a word of encouragement. How wonderful it would be to hear people call your name in prayer. You know, you know, not just a bishop, I'm praying for you, but to hear you praying and you're praying for your bishop, praying for your apostle, praying for your pastor. Sometimes people don't think about that because all they see is what they need at the moment. And they don't think that, that there might be 20 other people who also sent a text, 20 other people who also called, 20 other people who also may be in need. So sometimes people think, you know, oh, Bishop, got it. he got it going on, you know. He don't have any trouble, you know. you know. He don't have any problems, you know. He don't need people praying. We need to go to him for prayer. No, I'm not just talking about y'all. Y'all pray for me. Sometimes, sometimes I get calls from some of, some of my sons in Africa, and they say, well, I need this. I, and everybody said, I need, I need, I need. And I'm like, okay, I need to. And if you aren't careful, you know, we have to be careful because we'll be like Moses. When God says, speak to the rock, we'll strike the rock. You know. Let me go on and finish this message. Amen. My parents has hope. Has, my hope has perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my roaming. The wormwood, wormwood means bitterness. The bitterness and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks deep within me. So you can get to that point that you, you, you are pushed by your circumstances and looking at your circumstances and thinking that it's God that is doing this to you. You can be pushed to the point that your soul, your spirit man, is just famished and you're pushed far from the Lord. Verse 21, this I recall to my mind and therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion saith my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. I have confidence in him. I trust in him. So, so, so Jeremiah, through the, through the Holy Spirit working, amen, was able to bring back to his remembrance, or the Holy Spirit brought back to his remembrance, the things that caused him to have hope in God. Amen, amen. And, and that's what we need. We don't need just to have the testimonies. Now, there have been times in my life after I saw this scripture, that I've had to go back and reflect on what this word says. I have people who graduated from seminary with me, and they're pastoring thousands of people, and I don't have thousands of people. I've looked at that, and I've compared myself to them. Are you hearing me? Pastors who have salaries of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and compare yourself to other people. You see churches... Folk, folk filling up our people you raised up, people you birthed in the Lord. And they'll walk away from you and go somewhere else because now they've gotten to a point where you're not good enough and your ministry is not good enough for them. At least that's the way you feel. That's important. But the Holy Spirit will begin to, when you know the Word, 
when you know the Word, the Holy Spirit will begin to bring that Word back. So it's not just enough to hear the testimonies. You need the Word for yourself. Now, if I'm thinking about this, if I'm going through things mentally, what about you? How does the devil attack your mind? Yeah. You know, focusing on all of this is important. It's important. But there's, because there's something else that we should know that will help us build our trust in God. This is like a foundation, okay? All right? But listen to what else the Lord says. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all, y'all still here? Yeah. I'm good. Bless the Lord. Amen. I said anything that I'm depressed about. Mm-mm. Now, I might have been, but not now. Somebody say, not now. Uh, I might have been through, but I'm okay now. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, so listen to what the Lord says. I, I got to get through all of this. So you all bear with me. This will help you in the end. This next, this, this, after this part, this next part is really going to shake you up. Amen? So, so, listen what the Lord says. He says, when you pass through the waters, stop right there. What is God, what is God saying? You're going to go through the waters. It's just a matter of when. So when you say, God, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. Wait a minute. God says, when? God, why are you doing this? God says, it's going to come. Why are we not prepared when trouble comes? Why do we think that every day is going to be good? Remember, I was comparing myself to other people. One of the dangers in life is when you compare yourself to other people. Don't compare. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. Look at your gifts. Look at your abilities and use them to the best that you can use them. And let God bless you with who you are and where you are. I've never tried to be like another preacher. I don't want to be like, I can't be anybody else but Alfred Jackson. You don't like me for who I am? I try to be the best I can be in the Lord, but that's it. So, you know, somebody else is more exciting, you know, more creative. God bless them. You're going to pass through the waters. And he's not talking about calm water. You're not in the swimming pool. You're not in safe water. There's not a lifeguard sitting on the shelf waiting to jump to get you when you start going down in the calm waters. He's speaking of dangers. He's, actually, this is a reflection on the nation of Israel going through the Red Sea. Now remember that. Remember what happened. Are you remembering? That's why you got to remember. That's why you got to know the word. What happened? They didn't just go through the waters of the Red Sea. God parted the waters. But what happened to the enemy? Thank you for saying hallelujah, somebody. You got to remember. How you going to remember? You got to read it so you know it for yourself. So God is saying, you're going to pass through the waters. You're going to pass through danger. 
But remember, he said you're going to pass I'm not keeping you from every danger in your life. It's not for your good. It's not good that you have good times all the time. We like ice cream. How many of you like ice cream? Butter pecan. Strawberry. Vanilla. <laughs> you like, like any kind. Say any. <laughs> but do you know what your body and your health would be like if you ate ice cream breakfast, lunch, and dinner? It is not good for you. As much as you hate collard greens and kale and broccoli and all that good stuff, you need some of that to be healthy. Some of y'all hate stuff you never even tasted. Isn't that crazy? That just doesn't make sense. One of my nieces told me yesterday, she said, Uncle Alfred, you know, I never did like broccoli until you did roasted broccoli. Now I love it. I eat it all the time. Exactly. Cooks up for me except chitlins. I want to see how it tastes. Amen. 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 Let me run on. Let me run on. See what the end going to be. Ten minutes. Praise the Lord. That's okay. Amen. So we see what happened. At the, and then the Jordan, because he says, when you pass through the waters, amen, uh, I will be with you. That's a promise there. You're going to go through, but I'm going to be with you. And through the rivers. So when it got to the Jordan, the bank, the river had already flooded. But you're going to pass through those things. They will not overflood you. They'll overflood the banks, but they won't overflood you. This is God speaking. And we need to be able to build hope. We need to hear God say that these things are going to come in my life. Now, this is, let me, let me go on to the next point, okay? Look back at chapter 42. Look at verse 21. Because when you hear God saying, I, I remember I said God says, but now. But now meant that something went before what God is saying. Because God was saying to them, you're going to go through some things. So tell yourself, in this life, I will go through some things. Sometimes it's by my own making. Verse 21, 42. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will exalt the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes. They are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers. For plunder and no one says restore. Who among you will ever give ear to this? Who will listen and hear for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for plunder and Israel for the, to the robbers? Was it not the Lord? He, he against whom we have what? Sinned. For they would not walk in his ways, nor were they obedient to his law. Therefore, he has poured on him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle. It has, been, it has set him on fire all around. Yet he did not know, and it burned him. Yet he did not take it to heart. But now, but don't forget what he said. You see, this is critical in this process, okay? Okay? It was because of Israel's disobedience and rebelliousness that, that the Lord said they were going to go through things. Did the Lord give them chance to repent? What did God say? When you read Second Chronicles chapter 6, 
And Solomon prays and talks, gives a scenario of what could happen to the people if they sinned against God. And God's answer was, when I shut up heaven, that there is no rain, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. But in chapter 6, I think it was verse 36, Solomon says, when they sin, he said, for there's no one who's, ever, who's never sinned. Everybody sins. Who will repent? You see, Israel kept on being disobedient. They kept on and on and on and on and on. So what God is saying here now is, what has happened, you are at fault. You are at fault. Chapter 43 is a promise of hope. Chapter 43 is a promise of deliverance. Chapter 43 is a promise of restoration from the almighty covenant God. That promise is important for us building trust for the, in the Lord in the midst of our difficulties, amen, that we have brought upon ourselves many times. Sometimes it's not our own fault, but a lot of times it's our fault. And we sometimes don't want to admit that we bring things on ourselves. We choose evil rather than good. We choose to neglect the studying of the Word of God because we're too busy. We're not interested. We got something else going on. We choose to neglect our relationship with God until trouble comes. And then when trouble comes, now we want God to move. Now we want God to just to, to step in and work things out. We don't think about this. We think, and we say we've not adopted the thoughts of this world who, who believe, people in this world believe, if God is a good God, then we should not suffer. There should not be disaster. There should not be death. There should not be cancer. I was reading a devotional the other day. And in the devotional, the pastor talked about going to the soccer game uh, uh, that I guess one of his members were, were at and, and, and uh, um, maybe his own child, but met a lady who had been going through a lot of difficulties. And she said, how can I trust in a God who can't come through for me when I'm in difficulty? How does she say that? You know, and, and, and this is what I thought about when I read that. If that man was sitting there talking to that lady, was she still alive? She was still alive. Who kept her alive? Sometimes you're going through and you don't realize that you are still, pinch yourself, I'm still here. I may be going through, but I'm still alive. And as long as there is God, there is hope. There's hope. Maybe we don't want to hear this when we're going through. My wife called a lady one day. She, well, she called my wife, and she was talking about some things, and my wife started telling her what the Bible said. She said, I don't want to hear that. That's what people will tell you. I don't want to hear that. What does she want me to tell you? 
The man at the gate of the temple was asking for money. If he had said to Peter, I don't want to hear you preach. I want money. He would have missed the chance at life. So sometimes when people tell you they don't want to hear that, do it this way. Don't say the Bible says. <laughs> Give them the wisdom of the word. Because it's seed that will be planted in their hearts. You know, sometimes we're quick to push the Bible down. People don't say the Bible says. Just say. Just say. And keep on saying it. And keep on saying it. You know, keep yourself open to people and keep on saying it. And keep on saying it. Because you're sowing, you're sowing the word that is active and that is alive. So that lady didn't realize that she's alive. I've heard people here testify about going through. And now they're on the other side of going through. That means somebody took them through. It's okay to go through. It's okay, right? I mean, this is a part of life. What you have to realize is that you're going to go through. Amen. And another thing. I was talking to my son yesterday morning. Devotional we're doing. And in the devotional, it talked about the truth making you free. Most of the time when we hear that, we think about the words of Jesus. But this devotional says sometimes you got to look back over your life. And you have to be honest with yourself about your own shortcomings, your own sins, you know, your own problems that you cause for yourself. And you got to come to grips with that because knowing the truth can set you free. So you're blaming everybody else. You're even blaming God. But when you know the truth and you accept the truth, it helps release you of your bitterness. It helps you to forgive who needs to be forgiven. How many people in here have not forgiven people of stuff they've done? It might be a parent. And you're holding on to stuff that happened. Yet you're praising God. You know that that person did you wrong. Could be a cousin, could be an uncle, you know, could be a sibling. They did you wrong, but you still have that bitterness. You got to forget. Look back and see what your part was in it. More than likely, you had a part in it. And sometimes that's not so easy to do. Sometimes it's not easy to say, I contributed to the, to the problem. But when I say it, when I realize it and I say it, it helps releases me. It brings me to the point that I'm not blaming somebody else because every time I point this finger, three of them pointing back at me. I got to see, why are these three fingers pointing back at me? What did I do? What did I do? Folk, well, I won't say that. I'll let you all add the rest to it. Think about situations and circumstances. So don't be holding stuff against other people. God says to Israel, these things, you're going to go through the waters, you're going to go through the fire because of your own sin. And you had chance to repent. You even killed the prophets. That might be Jeremiah. They asked Jeremiah to pray to God at the 44. And they asked, asked, asked well, that might be Jeremiah. They asked Jeremiah to pray to God and ask God whether they should go to Egypt. And Jeremiah prayed. And God said, don't go. 
but the people had already made up their minds. There are things people advise you, don't do. You've already made up your mind, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Every time, every time I preach like this and say things like this, I think about when mom and dad, or mama especially, you don't need to be hanging around that person. Oh, mama, you just don't want me to have friends. You're trying to run my life. I'll be so glad when I get out of this house. How many children have said that? How many of y'all got children have said it? I'd be glad to get on my own. Lord, have mercy. And get on your own. Only to realize how good you had it at home. And how wise your parents were. Oh, so many times I've looked back and I said, Mama, you ain't here now, but God knows you were right. Certain people I shouldn't have hung around. So when I start, if, if I start complaining, I have to look back and see what was my part in the process. What was my part in the process? So, so now, now when, I, when I hear that and I'm honest and I hear God say, I know your name. I know your name. I know everything. I know every bad decision you made. I know every place you went to you shouldn't have went to. I know everything you've done that you shouldn't have did. I know you. And I know where you are now. And I know what your needs are now. I know what you're dealing with now. I know you. And when you go through the waters, just remember that I'm there to bring you out. Oh, God, that's help. Are you listening to me? That is help. God says when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. You will come out on the other side and you will be looking. I don't smell any smoke. What took place? God said, I was with you. I preserved you. I preserved you in the midst of it. And so now I'm healthy. So now when I tell you I'm good, I'm good. Hallelujah. Not in and of myself, but because I built trust. I built trust in God. And I know that God is faithful. If I'm faithless, God remains faithful. And God will not allow me, amen, to go through anything that I'm not able to bear. And he will give me the strength in the midst of it. Trust. So we're trying to get people, young people, we're trying to get you to trust God. Because that's some stuff you're going to go through in your life. Amen. There's some things you're going to go through in your life that you're going to need God. When mama is not around and dad is not around and bishop is not around, amen, and the elders are not around, you're going to be all by yourself and all you got is God and you're going to have to depend on him. You're going to have to look to him and you're going to have to believe his word. God is a God of his word. God watches over his word to bring his word to pass. Let's stand. Hallelujah.